Welcome to the Note Scene Podcast. I'm Matt Crane. I'm Tyler Sharp. And every week we chronicle the biggest news stories in the music scene. Find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts. You should please rate and review us. Email us at notescene at gmail.com. This week we will be doing a special retrospective episode on the golden emo year of 2007. Given recent news that Plain White T's 07 hit Hey There Delilah is being adapted into a freaking television show. From infinity on high to the great escape, this was a magical year for this scene. Let's dive into some nostalgia. I saw this, Tyler, but uh, Papa Roach, confirm, new album in the works. About to Are send that shit to the top of the charts, man. Are you stoked? <laughs> top of that active rock charts. Of course, man. It's weird to feel, like, excited about that band again, but if they keep putting out bangers like Help, how could you not be excited? Papa Roach. For okay, sure. let's do some listener questions, Tyler. Rain M writes into notescene at gmail.com. Hey, guys. Awesome episode on the story so far. Seeing them this weekend with Take Back Sunday and Coheed, and I'm stoked. I wanted to know your thoughts on landmarks and if you see them growing. Hashtag support metalcore. Dude, we Shots. starting something, man. We Thanks starting for making something. my commute to work a little easier. Rain. Tyler Sharp, I don't know anything about landmarks. What's the deal here? So I have heard this name before. They're from mm. France. Um, they have 93,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Uh, they dropped a song in April called Scars that starts off with like this, it's almost like a 1975 song. And then it drops into like this, some super heavy, almost like ADD fry screams. Uh, and then they got kind of your typical high off metalcore chorus with some pretty soaring cleans. Um, I don't see enough growth for this band to change the direction of the genre or anything like that. But the few songs that I have listened to from them, I'm interested, you know, it's enough to pique my interest as a fan of heavy music um, because it's not formulaic in a way Mm -hmm. that they're just another metalcore band. They are trying to do something different. So I appreciate that, but I I don't see enough movement as far as momentum goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tyler's interested. Thanks, Rain, for writing in. Drew W. writes in a note-to-scene at geo.com. Any chance you guys will review the new MXPX album? Even if you don't put it on the podcast, I highly recommend you guys check it out. Anyway, I love the podcast. Thanks for helping me discover new music and discover old scene music that I have missed. Keep it up. Um, I'm going to tell you flat out, Drew, we are not reviewing the new MXPX album. <laughs> Homie, this band was over in 2003. Oh, man. (laughs) You're clinging there. Oh, man. So a little fun fact. They recorded a music video for this album. I haven't seen it, but a friend back home texted me Mm -hmm. that uh, they recorded a music video for one of the singles in a town like 10 minutes away from my hometown in the middle of fucking nowhere, Indiana. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, cool. They dropped a self-titled album. Like, this is supposed to be pretty definitive. I haven't listened to any of it, so I can't comment on it. But yeah. Definitive from MXPX in 2018. (laughs) But I got it. You know, there's been a little more buzz around this album than the last 10. Absolutely. So I was was like, I don't know what's going on, but... 
it, I think it, it's because self-titled. It must sound like a throwback or something. I, but, like, all right, shouts to Mike. I mean, best of luck. It's not going to sell anything, you know? Uh, right, um, yeah. Like, I mean, kudos to them for still being able to be a band, you know? I mean, I, it's I been think a... his podcast matters more than his band at this point. Ooh, like... man, hot take. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, we thank drew and rain for writing into notes if you have any questions feel free to send them in but tyler sharp we got to move on and dive into some 2007 nostalgia which was spiked by an unlikely band this week hmm. um this story hit the plain white tees 2007 hit hey there delilah is being developed into a television series i think it's basically about a musician in a long-term relationship that's kind of the idea this info uh, came per The Hollywood Reporter. And it's funny, Tyler, before we talk about 2000 in general and just what a wonderful <laughs> year for music it was, uh-huh. I want to kind of just talk about the story real quick. Because we were just talking about this with 21 Pilots right. and the whole Nico and the Niners and the whole jumpsuit video and how like a band's album or a band's concept could be turned into a TV show. Um, right. What do you think of the, this story in particular? <laughs> oh, man. So my boss actually forwarded me the Hollywood Reporter email mm-hmm. that they sent out for this story. And I was, I, I was just like, can't we just let this thing die? <laughs> like, we're really running out of this, that many ideas that we have to turn this <laughs> song into a fucking TV show. Like, let's move on. It is time. But um, I, I don't know, man. Your reaction to it, you, you felt quite a way about this. Uh, I got a lot of text messages from Matt after this news was announced. Just all caps, hey there, Delilah, lyrics and texts about love and whether or not, you know, relationships are worth it. <laughs> like, Listen. He, he threw me into a whirlwind and I was like, wait, maybe this is going to be cool? I, I don't know. All right, I still have some feelings, but out, let's man. hear it. Let's I mean, hear it. It's a song we all know. Mm-hmm. We all know the story of Delilah and the musician and six-part Netflix series that could be kind of fun, short, and cute. I'm in. You know what I mean? There's no way I don't watch the Hey There, Delilah Netflix series. You My know? biggest if thing it's like is... 30-minute episodes, it's a short sure. thing. Sure. It's a story about music. You know, a long distance relationship, which we can all relate to. New York City to L.A. My biggest thing is that like the the song itself, he never even dated Delilah. I know, I know. We're gonna have to believe me. They're gonna wreck on that whole thing. I know the singer. Dude, the, the singer the, came out and ruined it. You know, he never should have told the truth about the song, which is absolutely you know. not. Yeah, the truth is that have, it's it's a bit of a stalker song. They're man. adapting. <laughs> they're adapting the song for TV. They're not literally telling the story of real Delilah. It's just yeah, because that should be creepy. And when we all heard that song, we all had our own Delilah. You know what I mean? Sure, we all for sure. had that girl. For sure. And we all applied that, that. That song is just basically a simple song about having that girl you're in love with. And maybe she's a little too, she's a little hard to reach. And um, it's, a, it's a very relatable feeling. And I think it could be a good show. What's funny, though, is like, you know, you got Netflix, right? They're developing like, what, 800 shows next year? The, the need for content <laughs> yeah. is so high and demanding. Yeah. And this, like, if they do this, this could really open the floodgates. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, if, if this can... does well, does this open the door oh, for more song related series? If you do a, you know, a series based on just a song, Hey There, Delilah, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you do a series based on, you know, a huge album, right? Like, 
Kendrick's To Pip a Butterfly could mm. be like a whole revolutionary drama series or like Katy Perry Dark Horse the song could be a series you know what I mean about a witch like it just opens wild, the, man. it opens the floodgates like why haven't we been adapting music into TV it it just, it's something that seems more possible now with the world of Netflix and streaming and I'm I'm a little uh, tantalized by it are we about to see uh, the Black Parade the series uh, you know <sighs> oh he's not feeling that one. He's that one feels a little played one. out to me. I just think the MCR stuff in general right now feels a little played out oh, to absolutely. me. Oh, absolutely. Saturation point for sure. But I mean, imagine like a fever you can't sweat out set in the 1920s, Ooh. you know, set in like, I don't know, Paris or some I shit. I mean, is, is, like, this, stuff is this that far off from a Broadway adaptation, you know, like the it's Broadway just... adaptation of American Idiot? True. It's just that most people don't get to see Broadway. Exactly. And all of America has Netflix. And it's just an inter- it's inter- you know, it all that's all I can say is it'll be interesting to see where this goes. It's interesting to me that they went to they took they took concepts of albums and songs and stories and took them to Broadway before yeah. TV. Isn't that isn't that kind of weird? Maybe backwards? Well, it's like the model I guess just wasn't there yet, right? It's True. so damn easy to take a concept throw it out on netflix you know and sure. see if it hit they're throw, you know how many netflix series do you just never hear of because they don't oh, right exactly they're just yeah. they have so much money they're just throwing darts at the mm-hmm. wall and this hey there delilah thing it's just it's perfect because you have the band that can push it you have all the music sites that are gonna you know push it it, it has its own pr- promotional machine already built in yeah. and people are gonna check it out probably um any other thoughts on this story in particular tyler because uh i don't think so man i'm 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 ready to see the trailer I don't, okay. I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Okay, so you, pending the trailer, you, are, you will watch it. Yeah, we'll see on that trailer. We'll see. I'm in blind, but... <laughs> oh, we know you're in, man. <laughs> All right. So, you know, this was the biggest, you know, emo scene hit of 2007. And it's funny because 2007 was such an interesting year for our scene. It was like this amazing transitional year, right? Between 2006, which was the peak, of post-hardcore, emo, everything, right? Mm -hmm. In 2008, which was the crash and neon (laughs) rising. So, you know, in 2007, you had this weird thing that happened where, like, 06 was such a big year for emo that all this commercial money got dumped into the scene and into all these bands. So 07, you know, especially up until the summer, you really had a lot of big things happening still for emo in 07. It was like all this like preloaded money turned on in 2007. And they didn't realize towards the end of 07, like, oh, this shit's over. We got to we got to scale it back, you know. But right. hey there, Delilah, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's our scene's only number one hit, right? Um... And that, that's on Fearless Records. It was in partnership with Hollywood. I can't think of another scene band that has had a literally a number one pop top 40 hit. Yeah. I'm not. I don't think Fall Out Boy ever got there. I don't think. I don't Panic think. Got yeah. There. Well, was Thanks Fall Out Boy's biggest single? Um, because I, dude, it got close on the Hot 100. Yeah, no, it wasn't a number. But I it know never it got to number one. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. It, it might have been yeah. a top ten. I think it was you definitely know, in the top ten. What's funny is the Plain White Tees. They were a a, a big scene band. Um, before this single took off. Right. You know, Every Second Counts, you know, came out on Fearless Records and did 39,000 copies first week, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, they're a legit biggest scene band in contention. Mm-hmm. It's funny to think 
Bob sold Fearless Records for $10 million in, what, was it 2016 when they made that deal? You short sold the scene, man. Yeah. Short, it, <laughs> fucking what, called it, the, the bullshit. Best, the best business move ever. Before the scene went under, which we see it now in crisis, he sold Fearless Records, which, you know, I wonder how much of the deal, you know, Concord, the label that the major label that bought Fearless, how much they only bought Fearless for the rights to Hey There Delilah. Right. I know. Like everything's kind of starting to piece together now. You got to need that, need that back catalog, man. Yeah. But, um, so there was a lot going on in 07. Um, and I, it starts off really with Girlfriend from Avril Lavigne. man, best damn thing. Yeah, so best, you know, and we're not going to get too much into best damn thing because we are still uh, <laughs> at Avril Lavigne podcast. There are coming. There are dark forces at work, and uh, we are still. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it 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 is it's uh, coming. It is a thing. So uh, we're not going to get too into that, but Girlfriend hits number one in May. Mm, right mm-hmm. that really kicks off the summer like i remember like like school ending and by you know the end of school summer that song's number one in may mm-hmm. and and it was just kind of like your first summer anthem of that summer it was just that pit i know we're not going to talk too much about it but like that pivot really mm-hmm. opened the door for that bright kind of vibrant neon that that emo gave way to Right. Like it just, you know, her aesthetic at that time, the pink in the hair, the pink and black, like scale animals look right. That was huge. That just took the fuck over in 2007 and 2008. That song, it really was a gateway track for our scene and the mainstream to kind of coalesce together over this this thing that was happening. And it went to number one. Right. You know, and that was how we kicked off our summer of 07 was with Avril Lavigne at number one. And it was kind of foreshadowing for what's to come because, you know, next, I mean, Fallout Boy, Fallout Boy drop Infinity on High. This ain't a scene. Beat it. Thanks for the memories. I mean, that that's a huge thing at that time. Biggest emo first week of all time. What was it? 256? I think it was 260,000 copies first 260? week. Okay. Yeah. And you're right. It was the biggest emo debut of, of all time. It went on to sell over a million copies. I one remember. Night stand, one <laughs> night stand. Oh. <laughs> I remember Chelsea. when that song dropped. I was in, God, I think I was in sixth or seventh grade. Sixth or seventh grade. I can't remember. Um, but I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a CD player and an iPod and didn't have anything, but I had a friend who had an iPod and his sister would put all these songs on it. <laughs> Yo, I, I had a girlfriend who had an iPod and that was the hookup, right? Dude, before I got my own. When dude, you had that, like, that's how you, know you chose I mean? your friends back but then. But yeah, before you had your own iPod, like, oh my God, if you had an iPod, you had a clout, man. Like, dude. Oh. Dude, you have people around you all the time. But he let me listen to his iPod all the time. And I would just crank Thanks for the Memories, man. I would just crank that song so hard. It wasn't life-changing, but, like, no. that was a big moment for me. It was just crazy to hear Fall Boy. We already heard them with, you know, Sugar, Absolutely. like, dominate alt radio. But right. they were on pop. It was They were pop stars for the first time. And even, you know, this ain't a scene. Like, hearing that hit, it was just like, oh. What? Has there been, I, has God. there ever been a better follow-up? I am an arms dealer. You know what I mean? Right? It was just like, holy. And just, he, they were just like a pop titan. And, um. Has there ever but, been a better scene follow-up? Like, I think, from you know, from, from Courtry to Infinity, like. From, from rock to pop. You know, they made the perfect rock to pop transition, I'd say. But know? it was still, you could still consider it as rock. 
Like it sure, still appeased sure. those core fans, you True. know, because you had fame uh, well, over infamy. At the time, there were some, you know, oh, there were the there was always backlash for Fallout sure. Boy there's always been, been a period of backlash. Yeah, there, there, there's always you know half of the fans totally, hate half the fans. totally. But thanks for the memories, man. I just remember hearing it on radio every five minutes. I've been happier because Fallout Boy was you know one of my OG favorite bands going back to Chicago's for two years ago. Like I was like, you know, that's my band. It's so, so yeah, it was what a time. I just had so many memories just in my car. It's sunny, mm-hmm. it's summer, and what's on every five minutes? It's thanks for the memories. Thanks that for beat the it memories. cover too. That beat it cover. Oh, dude! Crazy yeah, 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 yeah! I remember that. Oh my god, that was that wild. Beat cover, crazy radio plays. So check yes, Julia, out of nowhere, right? right? Yep. Us seen like us seen kids. We didn't know who we the kings were. Right? Nope. We had no idea, man. We had no idea who they were. And um the record, you know, they didn't sell records really. But damn did that single cook. That took off like no other. You know? It was it was kind of weird to see that take off alongside the Great Escape. And we've had this conversation on the show mm-hmm. before between between the two songs, but uh just the music video, because it was on, you know, every 20 minutes on Fuse, VH1, MTV2. Um, you couldn't escape it. But uh, just, like, the aesthetic, Travis's hair, house party, sneaking out, that that was summer, man. That was summer for every kid in that era. Run, baby, it, run. It was so encapsulated. And then you had, like, the biggest chorus of all time, right? Run, baby, run. So wild. I mean, uh, just capturing such a such a mentality right of youth in that one song i remember god i must have been young high school going to the tanning salon with my girlfriend and sitting in the lobby while she tanned and you know they had like amp top 40 hit radio playing totally and it was like you know it was like demi lovato you know um chris brown and then out of nowhere Check Yes Juliet comes on in this that riff, radio. And right? I'm like, that riff? Who the f-? I'm like, my first thought was, is this all time low? Like, who the fuck <laughs> is this? You know what I mean? I'm like, who is this? And then I go look them up. And I'm like, I've, We the King, I've never heard of this band. Who are they? came out of nowhere. Absolutely and, um, out of nowhere. They left their mark. Did you know that, fun fact, did you know that they originally wanted to call the band Check Yes Juliet? That would have been a better band name. I mean, I don't know, but we might have not gotten that song. <laughs> name, name, name the song after your band. Name the song We the Kings? Yeah, yeah that story's on the archives of uh, Alt Press, if anyone wants to go dig that up. All right, Tyler, I'm, I'm going to need you to just like, take a breath for a minute, okay? Just All right. Inhale, exhale. Right on. Hit me with it, man. Did you inhale and exhale? <laughs> Nostalgic right, gut so, punch. Say this sooner. Mm. I have I have oh. a friend. In my notes, entire pod episode question mark? Yes, on please. That song. <laughs> please. Oh my goodness. What a moment. Here's my thing, Todd. Do we need to explain? You know, it's been so long, and maybe our listeners aren't so familiar with Under Oath and Aaron. Do we need to explain this band? Do you need to give the rundown, you think? I mean, we could we could do a quick uh, quick hit and run here. So when Under Oath was recording Define the Great Line, Aaron uh, finished his drum parts and he would go into another part of the studio and work on this solo record. We didn't know what, you know, diehard Under Oath fans knew Aaron was working on something. We didn't know if it was going to be heavy. We didn't know if it was going to be like emo. There was a few demos that got dropped on MySpace, which are completely wiped from the internet now and I'm pretty pissed. So if anyone <laughs> out there has those, send those to note to scene at gmail.com. I will love you forever. 
but yeah, shouts so to he, all the contraband we get in that email oh, inbox. Absolutely. By the way, shouts you to all, all you rule. pirates out there. Absolutely. Um, so he's work. He's he records his drum parts for the Final Great Line. Then he goes and works on this record, and he finishes it. <laughs> and he announces that it's called the Almost. The record's called Southern Weather. It's got this very like striking cover art. Right, and it's got like a fucking awesome logo. It's got it's like it was like uh, this A with a circle around it, and then it had like the almost and in, in the background of it. Really cool. I remember going out and buying the record day of, just because I was an Under Oath fan. I didn't I didn't really know what to expect because I still didn't have internet at the time. But um, there was a point where the Say This Sooner music video, once that song dropped and it was getting a full push. You couldn't turn on MTV2 and not see it once within an hour. What a great video, too, where he um, where he points the mic at the camera and what gives an, that look. It's just like swag. He just nailed his look so well during it's that cycle. I mean, so much swag. the straightened hair, you know, like it where it's parted and the he's nose got ring. the nose ring. And I think he had a lip ring at one point, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lip. It's just the swag was crazy. So that was one of the biggest rock radio singles of 2007. And especially in the summer, it just was dominating. The, so much of the band end up on Jimmy Kimmel Live playing it. Which Yo. was so cool to see. Yo, if anyone has that, that has also been wiped from the internet. I know, I, and I had that too. I'm so you sorry. You had it I on a it. major I, sketchy virus laden website. Jimmy that... Kimmel, why, man, why are you trying to hide this stuff? You know, Listen. you put these great bands on your show and we want to find their performances. You know, all the classics you can find on YouTube, brand right, new, Take right. Back Sun. By the way, Listeners, I recommend, if you haven't, do the Jimmy Kimmel emo dive. He's had so many great... Just look up your favorite emo band of Jimmy Kimmel. You'll find good stuff. Matt, um, Matt has a list on Alt Press, if you want to Google that. It's pretty comprehensive, and uh, I, I've found a lot of performances for the first time first, through that list. Uh, article I ran at AP when Dude, I started. It's so comprehensive. I I came in with a splash, man. That was that was, I was like, fire. This needs to be documented. Uh, was what fire. was the, what were the first week sales of this so, uh, record? All right, so the first week sales, this did twenty nine thousand copies, which is yeah. insane. It's right? insane because it was so unknown. Like so many people didn't know about it, and he's just Aaron, and there's no big promotional machine around it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that came from the radio. It absolutely like, did, dude. Having dude, say this sooner burn. I would be in the car, man, and I'd be listening to, it was called A&X was our station, and A&X, you know, and um, those drums kick in, mm. and I would just crank the radio, mm. and that riff just shreds your car in half, right? Like, and then you, all of a sudden you're doing 20 miles over the speed limit, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh my God, what a great single. Just the, the penultimate summer song, man. That, that Oh, it just captured such a moment. So that, right, it, did, it debuted at number 39, Sold 29,000 copies in his first week. I mean, that, just that stat right there. You sell 29,000 copies and you debut at number 39. <laughs> um, um, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Coming off of Face Down, which was a 2006 hit, mm-hmm. it hit back again with your Guardian Angel. The ballad. Um, and they hit hard. I mean, that was every AOL AIM stat away status. It like, rode so well. Everybody had that in their AOL instant messenger status. I mean, your guardian angel. And that music video is so classic. 
Like Oh, absolutely. Those dudes just look really good in that video. You know what I mean? I say that as a straight man, like they're just like really pretty dudes in that video. The hair was they're just so well dressed point. and yeah. groomed and the, yeah. the hair and the they guitars the look, look expensive so well. and nice and mm-hmm. that song I think it was on that song was on the hills too. And oh, um yeah, I you know the, the Laguna it, Beach spinoff. I and the, the band it. were actually on the hills. They made a appearance. Okay. They were you know, Alkaline Trio that makes shouts sense. shouts to you, Matt Skiba. They were they weren't the only one. Um <laughs> I feel the, like Red Jumpsuit right, 2007 belonged yeah. more on the hills than Alkaline Trio did. Yeah, they came on the hills because, um, you know, um, I don't know, Lauren on the hills worked at some fashion magazine and they were doing a shoot with the band. Mm. And the joke was, oh, stay away from these guys. You know, they'll try to s- screw anything that moves, you know, oh, so be careful. Oh, my gosh. But it was funny. So don't fake it. That record in this in this year goes gold. Um, Just in 2007? Yeah. It goes gold. Fucking big, wild, man. Big success, man. And now it's platinum. And now it's platinum. Man. I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday because, like, you know, the red jumpsuit apparatus are still playing, like, fucking, yeah. you know, you could you could have that play at carnival, your birthday right? party for, like, $50, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> They're out there at the carnivals. Oh, right. You know? Yeah. Um, it's just ama- incredible to look back at this band and see what it once was and how fast it fell with one bad record i want to know the people who ruined this band <laughs> i know it's i i need well, to sit those people records. down well it was absolutely capital but there was there were meetings video of them you know shooting up the capital records office right yeah i know one of their later records which would not fly today but yeah right. um they did this band did cap this band and capital as Capital was falling apart, making terrible mistakes, like dropping from first to last and all this stuff. Um, they totally screwed over Red Jumpsuit. I mean, that sophomore record. Oof, let's just let's that. You know, that that's a later year. So let's not get into that. But, no, need, um, no need to talk about that. As this is all happening, Miley Cyrus blows Ooh. up with See You Again. Ooh. And I got to say at the time, um, Say This Sooner, Face Down, Check Yes Juliet, See You Again is right in the mix for me. Absolutely, As a rock dude. song, I'm like, God, this girl can fucking... I'm like, dude, this song cooks. Absolutely. I, I mean, that song is undeniable. Right? It's undeniable. And like I don't I'll even go back before that. Seven things fucking rules, man. Seven, seven things was actually after. Seven was things like was lead, after See You Again? The, it was the lead single from the album breakout, but See You Again was kinda came out before on like this EP sort of oh. thing. Yeah. See You Again was like her introduction as like Miley in No More Hannah Montana. And um it was just it was all over, man. It was great before before we got See You Again. But yeah. What a good what a good song. Again, capturing an era, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like that 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 song is so it's so breathe Carolina. <laughs> Which that it's band the, ended up covering that song. But it's like, like rock though. I mean she's got that slamming rock guitar. Totally and it, for sure. But also the techno beat. Yep. It, and it's a it's a little bit of a cheesy song, but in a good way. Totally. But it's it's almost like it was a it was like a foretelling of what was to come. For the scene, I got you know? my sight set on you. I just remember my first time hearing it, and I did. I didn't know it was her, and I thought I was like, "This is a cool song by a cool female fronted rock band." And then when I looked up and saw it was Miley Cyrus, <laughs> I had to like go sit down for a sec because oh, I thought I was no. cool listening to Azalea dying and shit. You know, I had to and go sit like, down. <laughs> I had to like reckon with the fact that I liked the Miley song. Okay, dude, I did the same real, thing, man. Um, real quick. Okay, so Tokyo Hotel. 
happen. I, I, I know lost in dude you are going back man you are like, going fucking back this is when they happened with uh ready set go um they right? play the vmas and somehow get really big with mcr fans mm-hmm. remember that it's, shit it's kind of like the the attract initial attractiveness to black veil brides you know yeah. it's just like that fashion i think Ew. it was Ew, they were kind of right. They were like a BVB precursor that we fought off. Like yeah, we, we tried. <laughs> we we tried. We we ended up winning, but there was a time yeah. where it was like, this is this is gonna happen, and it's happening yeah. big, man. But like, they never got on any of the important tours. They, they never got that MCR opening slot, right? You know, that, that they needed. needed. Yeah, we kept for sure. I feel, I feel like we like the scene. We all like united, and we're like, no. No, this band is not. We all happening. locked arms. We're like, this. But that dude, guy's not coming in here. I don't like his hair. That scream. I kind of liked his hair, man. It, it confused me, but I was very interested by it. They they were trying to make him like a Jared Leto, oh, Gerard Way, Sonny Moore. They tried to put him up on that level, and he just he wasn't on that level. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Universal was trying with that one, man. Sure. That was a uh, that scream album. What was that song? Monsoon. Oh my yeah. god, man. That was their <clears throat> that was their ballad. We try to be hit kind of thing. We dodged a bullet there. So we dodged so, a bullet. All right, 2007. Still, Chiodos have Lexington burning on rock radio, mm-hmm. and you have Bone Palace selling 40,000 copies first week. And this is, they have been upstreamed from Equal Vision Records to Warner Brothers Records, a major label. And it's huge because All's Well That Ends Well was huge. It had sold over 300,000 copies. Mm-hmm. And they'd opened for Linkin Park on, I want to say, the Project Revolution tour, which, like, hey, that was a thing. Remember that? For Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. MCR and Linkin Park, like, greatest tour of all time. <laughs> um it's just crazy uh, i might have i might have told this story on the podcast before but they shot the undertaker's thirst for revenge video not far from my high school and um mm-hmm. you know everybody all day was like are you going to the video are you going to the video because they invited everyone they put uh-huh. a thing up their myspace we're shooting the undertaker video it's public it's free show yep. everybody can comment Dude, I had text messages from people I didn't even know. You know, just blank numbers. Just like, you go into the video, you go into the video. Here's where we're meeting. My whole high school, everyone, nobody learned that day. Everyone was just texting about going to the Chiodo shoot. And um, I didn't go. And my girlfriend instead. go. And I will forever regret it because I, I didn't get to see Nick Martin jump out on the stage and scream. Dude. And everybody, everybody looked dumbfounded. Like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> You could have been a part of scene history, man. Yeah. It's all right. We've all been there. <laughs> Speaking of, you know, Equal Vision, Circus Survive drop on Letting Go this year. Mm-hmm. And it does 27,000 copies first week. So this was what everyone said was their sellout album when it happened. <laughs> 27,000 copies first week. Uh-huh. So, I mean, Equal Vision, powerhouse yeah. label right now. Yeah. Can you imagine having Craig Owen and Anthony Green on your label in 2007 at the same time. How do you fuck that up? <laughs> and you get dual AP covers. You remember that? Right, right. You remember that? that? Classic, classic AP cover. Oh my goodness, I had five, man. man. It's one, that was the first AP issue I ever got. Yeah. And I bought both covers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was when Anthony was doing his first solo record and right. Craig was doing his 
kind of cinematic whatever. Yeah, it was sunrise. cinematic sunrise, and he was like teasing Isles and Glaciers, like some massive mm-hmm. kind of supergroup project. They, he was thing. just a star. He didn't even need a reason. He could do to whatever. Yeah, he, he could do whatever. They were he those wanted. two. They were two stars. Absolutely. Um. So through that same Warner Upstream deal that Equalvision had, Circus Survive will get upstream to Atlantic, which is owned by Warner Music, mm-hmm. and that's where their next record comes out. Uh, Blue Sky Noise. Right? Oh shit! Okay, that was the sellout record that everyone yeah. said it was. On Letting Go is a classic. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I love uh, Blue Sky Noise, man. That's my favorite uh, circle record. Oh, that first single, Get Out. Oh, so good. Get oh out. man, fuck dude. dude, fuck with that. Uh, that's an, we, we're, we're we're leaving 2007, but uh, <laughs> you should go, should go cop that. Uh, Hell okay. yeah! Hell yeah! The Spill Canvas. Like Ooh. they're out there doing. Stuff. They're doing Ooh, stuff. Right? What's the song? What's the song? Is it um? God, I'm not over you. I'm not over you. I'm not over. You. It's bone. Is it called bones? Like I want to feel you in my bones tonight. Oh, dude, yeah. When he hits hard, and it's almost like that Taking Back Sunday moment. So they're they're on a major label. I think they're on Sire or Reprise, which is just Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. and they're out there. But it just I don't think all it ever really over you. It, not not yeah, over you. All not over, over you. Okay. Yep. I just don't think it ever really happens for them. It, like they just it commercially doesn't? never go anywhere. But they they almost, man. Yeah. It almost happened. They were they were in the conversation. Do you remember Polygraph now? That song? Oh yeah, for sure. Fate is an elegant, cold hearted horror. Mm-hmm. She loves salting my wounds. Ooh. She enjoys nothing more. Mm-hmm. I wanna tie you to something in your room <laughs> just so I can question you. <laughs> Darling, don't you lie to me. It's basically a song about being cheated on yeah. and wanting to interrogate your girlfriend, which I don't know. I don't know if that song flies today. I don't um, okay. think it's safe today, man. The Click Five. The uh, Click Five. Oh, my God, listen, man. Though, you are throwing out some names here. Make their exit this year. Yes. With a bow. This is kind of their exit. They're not really mattering because um, Just a Girl was their biggest hit, and that was in, like, 04, I want to say. Um, like, 03, maybe. 04, 05. 05. Yeah. So Just a Girl is a hit, but by 07, like, they put out a record, but it's kind of like you guys it's oh my god dude i i am convinced that song never that band never actually had a good song but they had the look dude that album cover for modern minds and pastimes the 2007 Mm -hmm. album uh it's just like a promo of them and they look like they are the next biggest scene band just the girl i'm looking for is ear candy i, I mean, she's bittersweet think she knocks me that. off my feet oh uh, i don't think it's I that think good it was featured man. in like a few movies because oh i'm just... sure i'm sure okay the starting line have their first radio hit yo with island yo my favorite starting line song i don't care it, what anyone says interesting time for the band because this they're on their second major label they, mm-hmm. they went from geffen to they started at drive through they went to geffen and now for this third record on virgin records and mm-hmm. they have hit they have they have success with the single island and that's the last we ever hear of the starting line. It's just over from there <laughs> on over. out. It is over. It makes no sense. This band, this band just makes no sense. And maybe Virgin's connection to Capitol Records, because Capitol was falling apart at the time, is why the starting line sort of get dragged down. Because Virgin also fell apart. But um, man, that was it. You know, they had a hit single. It was like, whoa, starting line are going to be huge. Nope, gone. Yeah, no, it was a it was a crazy time. I remember when Island dropped, and I was just like, "What a song, man!" Yeah, it's great. 
It was a great what summer a song, and I love the album artwork for that whole that whole mm-hmm. cycle. But uh, like very um, airy, very I summery. Felt, yeah, yeah. I felt like the rest of the album kind of didn't deliver enough. No. you know, they had one no. song kind of. It was a strong single. It, the music video is weird for that single. Have you ever seen it? I think so. It's I think like so. Back cl- in the day, it's like, it's like a cloudy video. They're on a beach. It doesn't really make much. Sense. Yeah, I don't really like the way. Um, what's the singer's name? Kenny Vasoli. Kenny, I don't really like the way he looks there. <laughs> yeah, I know he I had know. some. He he, he kind of like lost all of his emo ties. Had some questionable look choices. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Uh, so, Bird and the Worm Ooh, hits radio man. in a hits radio in a post panic at the disco world. You know, all of a sudden you have the used with like little chiming instruments, little, little baroque time, elements. Yeah, little baroque elements and. um that was interesting. I remember hearing that premiere on radio in 07. Now, did that come? I remember that too. That was right around the time we got cable back home. And uh, that, that music video played fucking forever. And I think I used to have nightmares about it. Getting, <laughs> getting sucked into a couch. I think I used to have nightmares about that. Um, did they push that single before Pretty Handsome Awkward? Yes, that was okay. the lead. Okay, that was the lead. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Yeah, I love that song, man. I think Liars is is highly underrated used album. Lies for the Liars by the Used. It sells 92,000 copies first week in 07. About the same as In Love and Death did 94K in, I want to say, like 04 or 05. But the guy liner era of emo is over. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're not growing anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is this is really one of the first signs, you know? Yeah. They've just sold slightly less than their last record when really they should be. Right. They should be exploding. Yeah. But this is kind of one of your first signs is that this record, I think this record, I don't know, it barely goes gold. Like maybe it limps to gold. I don't even know if it's gold. Like it just for what it had the singles, but it you know overall it's just people were moving on from this brand of post hardcore. Yeah, and it was so unfortunate to see. And then they go and fucking drop blood on my hands (laughs) a couple years later. We'll talk about that on the uh, 2009. (laughs) Yeah, the 2009 episode. Um, Good Charlotte bite hard Mm. on emo here Mm. and pay for it dearly with Mm -hmm. their first commercial flop. Dance Floor Anthem being, like, the only real success out of this period. I mean, I fucked with the river hard, man. And I okay. feel like people remember the ri- the river really well. More okay. so than that lead single. So if you look at their history, Young and Hopeless went triple platinum. Three million copies. Mm-hmm. Chronicles sold one million copies. Mm-hmm. Good Morning Revival doesn't even go gold in 07. I totally... It's not yep. even gold yet. I see I it, man. It's so wild. They just... They bit... Like, they left their pop punky, and they just bit too hard on that emo, and it just didn't work for them. Yeah. They bit As hard emo on, was ending, they I, were like, but right, they went full in. They right. cashed it. They, get, they doubled down when everyone was getting out. And that, that's an interesting point here. It's like, this is a time, 2007, like, 2003 core is going to kind of try to strike back with some chords <laughs> and some albums, and yep. you're going to see them fail. Like, Thursday, Thrice, Oof. Dashboard, Confessional, Save yep. the Day, Straylight Light Run, Alkaline Trio, Funeral for a Friend, Static Lullaby, Hawthorne Heights. Post-hardcore will start to rust here. Yes. You're, you're going to really start to see it. These bands just... They just lost it, and a lot of them lost a lot of clout in 07. Totally. So who's the biggest scene band in 07? Is it Under Oath? Maybe. Coming off a 98,000 
first week. I mean, if we're not counting the main streamers, you know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, non-breakouts, bands that aren't getting top 40 radio play. Yeah, possibly. Um, I think, Sonny Sonny left from first to last in 2007. Right, true. That was the biggest story of the year, probably. Yup, yup. After the the Seosin beef, after the Atreyu beef, Mm -hmm. Sonny was like, I'm out. I'm Mm -hmm. going to make music on my laptop. Local chord problems. He left that year, and it, it was devastating as yeah. a fan. It was the big. I ju- it was just the thing you never would imagine happening, but it so, did. So yeah, what like like could you compare it to something of of recent? Because like I didn't live through that the way you did. What it like was, what what shock was it really like? Because it was like if there was one band, if there was one band where the singer was obviously the most important part. Right. It was from first to last. Sonny Moore was a god. He was the most Mm -hmm. famous person in the scene at the time. For sure. Like, he was cooler than Gerard Way. He was cooler than Pete Wentz. People worshipped him in a way I hadn't seen before. Like, it was just everybody... People just screamed Sonny at every show. Mm -hmm. Um, It was devastating when he left, especially if you were invested in that band. For the the more... uh, The modern-day scene kids, was Mm -hmm. it... Could you... it was bigger than Danny leaving asking. It would be bigger than Ollie leaving Bring Me. Wow. Okay. I mean, bigger than that. Bigger. I mean, yeah. Crazy. As crazy, bigger. And I'd say from first to last at that time mattered more than Bring Me Do at this time. And it's like, you know, they were the post-hardcore band at that time. And, and they and Sonny left. It's just crazy. Um, so, meanwhile, on Warp Tour 07, there is one buzz band everyone in the industry was talking about all the fans are talking about everyone's talking about on myspace everyone's posting youtube videos of do you know what band this is Tyler they is were it... just tearing up warp tour all time low right no no um take one more guess is it a pop punk band it. no it's not a pop punk band they were the buzz band of this warp tour oh man uh they, they really are the definitive like we blew up on warped band was it bring me nope all right who it is was it? uh band called bless the fall oh my goodness i would have never got it craig was jumping off yep. stages jumping yep. off everything they were crazy ahenia their music video blew up on youtube yep and uh guys like you was the biggest like screamo moment in like a year you know what i mean it was just like this this thing and it, they were so huge they were having such a hot run his last walk was a phenomenon it was truly unreal. I remember going out to Best Buy and buying that record uh, and putting it on for the first time and listening to Message to the Unknown. You know, like that's that's the first song that kicks oh, off the man. record. And then you go With through the... oh, then you go through times like these and Wait for Tomorrow. Like, come on, that mm-hmm. could have been like an alt rock radio song, man. It just mm-hmm. it just felt so diverse and so fucking pyrotechnic like. Like you didn't know what was coming next. It was very it was... just violent sounding. It was like that middle ground of post-hardcore metalcore, yeah. but exciting and, and this friction between the two. And it was like, wow. Yeah, like, you, you never really it. heard it that way before. You, you heard guys like you and you were just like, this is new. The the double bass chug pattern with that lead riff over mm. it at the beginning where it's it's iconic now, you know, but like mm. back then it was like, what is this, man? Like you didn't know what you were hearing. Got to give a shout to really estates for bringing up bust the fall from always that arizona and science records scene always so, caveat Craig. enter man oh absolutely dude y'all with the vampire squad shout oh, we the out here squad. we out here shouts to science um, records 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe um, you know, we're not sure. Sh- maybe some shady uh, sure. uh, financial practices. <laughs> I don't like the way it ended, but um, they yep. had a good they had a good thing going. Uh-huh. So Craig Craig leaves the band in late 2007. Craig Mavitt, the singer, he leaves in 07, and that's the other biggest story of 2007. But not Sonny before they leaves drop. from first to last. Right, and, right. Uh, Craig leaves. Bust the fall. But not before they drop. I wouldn't quit if everyone quit. That yeah, because the, they needed a warp core band. Fucking fire, they were just slain. man. I so, okay, song. if you remember this, I'm going to be impressed because you don't need to remember this. The okay. Confession. Do you remember this band? They were on Science, right? Produced by M. Shadows. Yep. On yep. Warped Tour that year. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see funny YouTube video of drunk or high Ronnie Radke crashing their uh, Warped Tour set and jumping on their stage and, and fucking shit up for them. Of course. If you want to look that up. Of course. But, um... You know, they were like billed as this Avenged Sevenfold, the next Avenged Sevenfold. Mm-hmm. They were they were getting all the opportunities they didn't deserve. Um, they were they got to open for Avenged, and they got to open for Bullet for My Valentine, like at peak Bullet. You know, wasn't and was that record people, called like Requiem or something? Requiem, exactly. Yep, it was that's it, contra- dude. It was very controversial because people were like, these guys are frauds. You know these what I mean? They're frauds. They were just trying to be the next Avenged Sevenfold. And um, M Shadows was just trying to create another way for him to make more money. That was a wild time. Yeah, because I, when I bought his last walk, uh, Science Records had put it a, a little like handout inlet next yeah. to the lyric booklet of their upcoming releases. And it had Greeley's debut full length, another band I can't remember, and The Confession was on top. <laughs> for that, they were on Warner with Avenge, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Because um, I know I they released it, I think like, it was like an a EP in 05. Okay. I think they moved them to science on purpose to make it to look make it more, look more legit, organic. Because people yeah. were like, "This, this is a fraud. You're, you're defrauding us with this band." Right. right. Um, Megan Dia play Warp Tour this summer Ooh, in 2007. Megan Monster, Dia, Monster, Monster is happening, dude. That song. Oh man, I need to go listen to that song. What a hit! What a hit! How did that get any radio play? I don't yeah. know any. How far up did it get? No radio play. No it, radio it was play. A, it was okay. a it was a uh, a YouTube hit, you know, for, for sure. sure. Definitely. And it was uh, just, people knew it. Like even non emo scene people somehow found that song. It just made its way around the internet. And the remix helped. There's some weird remix that yeah, went around. Is, yep, yep, that's a high up got, there on Spotify. Yeah, it got it. Just got around. Yeah, Megan Dia playing Warp Tour. That Meg, what could have been? Yeah, they were like the 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 emo version of I Set to Kill. You know, like there, you had yeah. those two that were kind of operating in the same wavelength at the same time. Were they time. twins? The Frampton? I think so. Frampton? Yeah, right. I think so. Dia and Meg Frampton. Yep. And one of them did the voice eventually, right? Or American Idol or some shit. Yeah, one of them went on a singing contest. I forgot about that. Shit. Yeah, I think it was the voice. I think Dia Frampton went on the voice. Wow. I think she's still putting out solo shit, too. Maybe we should... Uh... I mean, props to her. Yeah, maybe we should cop that. We should. Um, okay. Taste of Chaos, 2007. Man. The Used, 30 Seconds to Mars, Seosin, Census Fail, Aiden, and Chiodos. Man, you want to talk about a lineup right there. I remember that was a big fucking deal. Did like you when go? When I came to town, I honestly can't remember. I, there, <laughs> I, I either did, either I did go or I went to something very similar to this. Okay. Bill. Because I have memories of seeing Census Fail. And the use in the same venue, I just can't fucking... God, so long ago, man. Dude, they do blur together after a while. I, I've been to Taste of Chaos. I don't know if this is the one I went to. Okay. 
Gotcha. Interesting. Um, next year's Taste of Chaos. Listen to this. Avenge Sevenfold. Atreyu. Bullet for my Valentine. Dude. That's like a that's like the full heater, Dude, right? Fashion core, man. The revival. <laughs> that's like, what they should have called all, it. Like peak commercially, you know, Atreyu have gone full sellout with lead sales. You know, Bullet are becoming the biggest band in the world. Totally. With, um, guess who the openers were? It dies today. Nope. <laughs> Less the fall. Oh shit. Okay. Fronted fronted by Screamer Jared. Jared. Yup. The new singer Bo Boken hadn't joined the band yet. So they played after Craig left. They played for a good eight months in two thousand and eight mm. without an official frontman. It was just Jared fronting doing the screams, and yep. I think like Eric doing the cleans. I think there's video that I watched on YouTube not that long ago of them playing Bamboozle that year with Jared only on vocals, and it's fucking wild. They had some that guests was- come up. That was a saving grace. I mean, getting that taste of chaos when you lose your singer totally. and getting to go out on one of the biggest tours of the year and, you know, really win over some fans that really helped the band, you know, stay relevant long enough to when they got Bo. Okay. Paramore. Misery okay. Business runs the summer. Absolutely. You got uh, Crush, 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 and that's what you get. Keep it burning. Dude. I mean, th- that this might you, be, you know, the biggest story of 07. I think so, man. You could not escape that band. I mean, MTV2 was just pushing it down viewers' throats. Um, I remember going out and buying that record. And I remember initially being disappointed in, with, like, the meat of the record. Um, mm-hmm. But I just played Misery Business on repeat for three months. Didn't that matter. Whole summer. It was just the most undeniable thing I had ever heard. And uh, I ended up getting a, my first drum kit that fall, and that was the first song I tried to learn how to play. That was uh, another car radio jam. Oh, like it was just, dude. you know what I mean? Always the whole summer. Windows down screaming Windows that down. shit, man. And your girlfriend liked it too, which is cool. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Like, right? it was like, it, it was cool because there were no screaming. It was a girl. It was empowering. But it was still heavy, was man. Like, yeah. the, like it, it hit hard. Hit that, hit that so, snare. <laughs> Riot is a, Riot is a smash success. It, it opened at 40,000 copies sold first week, but mm-hmm. it, it goes on to sell over 2 million copies. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll hit hard next with the code as Twilight takes over the fucking planet. Um, Paramore make a big entrance and are here to stay. That's they definitely cemented themselves for sure. And then uh yeah, and then we got to code. Dark hair Haley. Dark Love red. Dark hair Haley. That was one of my favorite looks. That was that was a look. And then, it was uh, good because it was fall when she did it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Fit. We went from it summer fit. orange to fall maroon. And then whatever. and then brand new eyes with ignorance, man, and it was like, holy shit, are Paramore a heavy band? <laughs> And she had that blonde hair in the, in the uh, video? Brick video. Oh, oh man. Me and my friends, like five of us dudes just sat on a couch and we were like, who is this angel? Who is like, this angel? <laughs> um, what a time. So Amberlynn dropped Cities this Dude. year. Dude. All right. I'll just come a out fan and favorite. say it. The best Amberlynn album. The best I mean, Amberlynn album. You, you're not alone there. That is the consensus, which is funny because that doesn't have the hits, but... As the full package, that's like, is that like the best Amberlynn album? I say hands down. I don't think there's anything that comes close to, uh, dude, Godspeed. People people fuck with cities. People really fuck with cities. The Unwinding Cable Car. It's one of the best acoustic songs I've ever heard. Uh, There's No Mathematics and Love and Loss. Hello Alone. 
reclusion inevitable oh my god dude i need to go listen to this record uh i was tuned out i don't know if it just if this is one of those records that mattered later on but i was just because in a couple years they're gonna have their big hit with feel good drag right which is hilarious because that song you know they've re-recorded it from Mm -hmm. their second album but that's gonna be the um, a smash for them because they got updrafted to universal Universal after the after cities dropped on tooth and nail yeah, so just interesting because I don't know was cities overlooked in 07 and maybe appreciated more later, or do you remember like no, big hype dude, the in hype 07? was real. Okay. All of my friends were like, "Holy shit, this record's yeah. incredible!" Okay. Because like that's coming off of Paper Thin Him on was, Never my, Take I mean, Friendship that, Personal. That was, my, that was my smoke. I wanted all that smoke. Like that was my. Record. I mean, that was the fire, but yeah, I, I felt I like playing. they delivered really well yeah. on cities. I just somehow I tuned out, but um. Yeah. So great band. Real quick, good. real quick sidebar. Uh, Stefan uh, tweeted a picture of all their members recently. That that reunion is so that coming. reunion is I mean, that, inevitable. They broke up man. just to have a reunion. <laughs> that's like you know what I'm saying. It's I mean, inevitable. The man. Doing it, you know, yeah. that's the move. You know, they're out there. Break up so you can reunite. I mean, because that that initial news story of Amberlynn reunite is going to get two thousand shares on Facebook. Absolutely, you know? man. Absolutely. Um, okay. Here's where we get very, very early all time low. And mm. I want to say it wasn't until like December, like when Dear Maria really started cooking, like late 07. So, yeah. So I didn't hear Dear Maria until I bought the Warp Tour 2008 compilation right. in May or whenever that dropped. That was mm-hmm. when that was when I got. But I remember late 07, like the talks were starting. That's when it and started. And that YouTube video was getting passed around. And mm. Dear Maria was just, I mean, you had to listen to it, right? If there's a song called Dear Maria, Count Me In. How can you not? How listen can you to it, not? With that right? album artwork and those and colors. And all time man. low. We overlook it now, but that's a great band name. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Man. Absolutely. It's just a catchy band name. Shouts to so, those newfound glory lyrics. I think about this in Dear Maria, Hey There, Delilah. What's the big lesson here? Like, <laughs> Putting the girl's real name in the song will make it a massive hit, right? That's the formula. That's part of the puzzle, man. We got Jamie from Jamie All Over. Delilah from Hey There, Delilah. Emily from From First to Last. It's like if you put... Juliet. Juliet from Check Yes, Juliet. If you put the girl's name in in the song title, it's going to be a hit. Dude, how about a show... Hey, Brittany from The Six Kids. Right? How about a show... Starring those four girls. Maria, <laughs> Jamie, Delilah, and Emily. And we'll call it the Girls of Summer. The Girls of Summer. Wow. Matt's coming out here with these with these grade A content ideas. He's just coming in hot. Dude, so funny. Because we've shat on 2007 so much throughout the course of this show. Well, it was just, you know, it was the year everything was ending. Everything and changed. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. I said, transitional year, but... We got some good things that happened. But, like, yeah, it's just funny to think about all the, the hit songs with the girl's name in it. And, Absolutely, um, man. Absolutely. I, I thought a little bit about this. And, and bear with me, please. All Sorry. right. All right. I'll hear um, you out. I thought about each of these girls and, like, what they'd be like based on the song. And um, I came up with uh, – here's what I came up with, okay? Oh, my God. Maria from Dear Maria. She is uh, a flirt. Who hangs out at too many coffee shops. Oh no, he did it. Has bangs, <laughs> probably black hair. A cool chick, funny, but with an annoying laugh. <laughs> oh, no. Over 4,000 MySpace friends. Oh. 
eventually becomes a hairstylist. Oh my god. Okay. Jamie from Jamie Oliver. Uh-huh. Jamie is your high school summer romance. Total tease. Sun-kissed brown hair and freckles. <laughs> and freckles. <laughs> He wears overalls and rompers unironically. Oh, my God. She loves hanging out at the park at night. You always drive her car instead of your shitty one because (laughs) she she doesn't appreciate the brand new Jeep Liberty her parents bought her. Oh, my God. I have in my notes on Jamie's 2006 Jeep Liberty. um, Fire stock sound system. (laughs) And great AC. And great AC. That's a plus. Color, dark red. Wow. Um, wow. Delilah. Delilah is rich East Coaster. Comes from a good family. Father is a West Point general. Mother is in politics. She's in college as a liberal arts major, but plans on going to law school. Wears a lot of summer dresses. Doesn't wear any makeup. Unaware of how pretty she is. Emily. Dramatic goth who breaks your heart. Oh, no. Just I feel like this one's personal, Matt. <laughs> made black lipstick look hot there you go she has six other boyfriends you don't know about oh my god this is personal makes you feel like it's your fault somehow (laughs) it's 2018 and you're still not over her and you're still not over oh my goodness matt are you trying to tell us something emily also becomes a hairstylist and works at the same salon as Maria for a few years, though the two never become close friends. And that's my note on the women of emo. <laughs> oh, no. So, so now you all know what Matt did this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Hates the day. Will oh, briefly become all the biggest. Right. They will briefly become the biggest thing in metalcore this year. Dude, I didn't think we were gonna throw it. We were ever gonna throw it back to haste the day. So this yeah. was my band, man. They, I mean, this is the year when they pressure they the hinges. Full, full stop, haste the day, um, and rightfully so. Like they're underrated. Oh, uh, dude, when it comes to metalcore, props to this band, man. Never got the the attention, the the you know, the reception that they deserved for sure. But if if you've never listened to haste the day before, go bump stitches right now. It'll blow your mind. That that song's incredible, and it's much more of a post-hardcore song than it is a metalcore song. But I I fuck with all of Pressure the Hinges, and even the earlier albums for sure. But yeah, dude, I remember hearing that going out and buying Pressure in 2007, <laughs> and hearing Stitches on the special edition DVD. That was <laughs> the uh, menu song that played, and I I watched that before I listened to the album, and I was like, what is that song? Oh my that album god, too, man. Where it's like white with like a with the albatross on it. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm. Dude, this was their moment, moment, right? Yeah, dude, because they had just gotten their new vocalist. Uh, they had kicked Jimmy out. I think Jimmy went to, he started a band called Trenches, and then they got uh, Steven in there. Then and this he, guy had more of like an Atreyu scream. Yes, absolutely, man. Whereas the last guy was very... Uh, high? He was, ve- he was very high and very distinguishable. Like, you knew it was a Haste the Day scream. But this one That's, was more... Yeah, dude, shouts to the uh, Long Way Down. Oh, uh, my Goo Goo Dolls God, cover. man. Yeah. Dude, on When Everything Falls. Oh, mm-hmm. how classic is that? It's so good. 
Um, yeah. Yo, shout! Thank you, man. Thanks for bringing Haste the Day to Note to Scene. I love that band. Interesting this year. Uh, One Republic debut. Apologize, Fucking man. Fire, that, man. That, that shit was huge. That Timbaland's remix, man. Yeah, that was. It was, it was huge. It was funny to think... see how they they immediately just remixed it with Timbaland and released that on the album and pushed that as the single instead of the original song. <laughs> yeah, shit was huge. Um, Fucking. Do you everywhere. remember Still Remains? Uh, oh, absolutely, man. So, so I saw Haste the Day's reunion show. Uh-huh. Uh, they played a fifteen year show or a ten year show for Burning Bridges back in two thousand four and still remains open this is the year they have 2007 they have their little moment as like metalcore's bright hope they mm-hmm. were like seen as innovators everybody's writing about them as innovators like the serpent album man you think about like worst is yet to come white walls wax walls like all those songs like yeah. they were uh they were they, they had a lot a lot of buzz but it just kind of that right. record that record was great yeah interesting little band that is i feel like been forgotten to history absolutely all right in my notes I just have this down. January 2007. She watched the Sky EP. Oh, man. January 2007. Oh, my God. Drown the fucking city. Do you remember the first time you saw that music video? Literally. I mean, vividly. Vividly, I was sitting in my chair, my black office chair Mm -hmm. at the office in our house on the old, you know, big CRT monitor Mm -hmm. computer. Mm Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. Jordan Blake was God. He had the perfect look. That video was so cool with the all the lights in the background. What are they at? Like a fucking airport? You know, it's like, oh, and that song. Oh, my God. It was just wow. That when those EP, clean, when it comes in so hard and then those cleans come in, you're like, dude, we are talking about moment, a skylight man. drive, by the way. Yeah, for right. Who's for those unaware, who are like, this band used to be really cool. Um. <laughs> Go uh go cop that yeah. demo at Drown the City. That Dude, can I drop on a it? bomb on that, yo? Oh like, my oh. gosh, man. Shouts to ASD, shouts to JP. The artwork? Get the fuck out of here, man. Oh my god. Did they start having the they girl did. on the cover? They started, ha- let's have a distressed girl on the cover. They, they totally started. Because they, they just did it again for Wires and the concept Wires. of breathing. And then Bring and Me did bring it me, with did Suicide it with Season. Suicide Season. And I, there's been more people, too. Oh, like, there's been so many more. I Am Ghost. You remember, you remember yep. that shit? And Ronnie's, um, Ronnie, you know. Uh, yeah, Escape the, the Fate. fate. Get the and the Ampol Universe. Um, Yo. Mm-hmm. So now you're screaming at the top of your lungs. Oh, dude, does that just, chills, if, if, if that doesn't just open the floodgates oh. of memories for you, I'm so sorry. Dude, <laughs> I was, I, I, like I said, I do you remember it as vividly as I do? Like oh, seeing that video first Absolutely, time? man. Like I wanted to be that. I wanted mm-hmm. to be one of those guys. They had the best fucking look and they just, these songs were so good, man. Drown the City, All-Star Diaries, Hey Nightmare, According to Columbus. Like what a closer, Perfect. man. The hook the hook melody in that song is just it's still incredible um yellow card will stage a comeback with paper walls Forty thousand copies first week got the fans down back from, on board down from lights and sounds which did ninety-two thousand copies ninety-five thousand copies first week mm-hmm. which is which was also way down from ocean avenue mm-hmm. which was a smash were you into this i was not I was I was checked out on yellow card at yeah, this point, I, man. I, I could I could gave a fuck, but it, right. I just felt like it was worth noting. It did happen, and it did matter to yellow card fans. Yeah, absolutely. I had friends who were about it. Um, at least you had. I'm I'm happy you guys were able to have that moment later on in yellow yeah. card's career. Shots to you guys. Shots to yellow card fans. You deserved it. Um, sure. 
the plot to bomb the pandemic. So somewhere in this little scene, there's yeah. a small band called A Day to Remember who dropped an album this year called For Those Who Have a Heart. And um, they are totally off my radar at this year. Um, they're not they're not a cool band yet. Like they're not considered one of the cool ones. They became cool when Victory reissued this with the Since You've Been Gone cover in 2008. Yeah. That's when it fucking started to pop off for a day to remember because they released Homesick in 2009. But yeah, it was if if you if you were fucking with a day to remember in 2007, you were you were early. You were early for sure. Definitely. At this time, I remember kind of just looking at them going, Ugh, like, who, you know, what a stupid name. But who, who knew what they were going to become? Dude, you know I, mean? I was about it once I heard it. It just took me forever to get there. Um, Did Since You've Been Gone launch the, the Metalcore cover revolution? Totally, was totally. that the Was that the launch? They did it first. And they picked the best song to do it. I mean, that's, you know. The greatest song of all time. The best rock song ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's to Kelly. But um, my most anticipated album of this year, can you guess what it was? Um, was it Chiodos? Was it Enter Shikari? No, good, good guess. Though. Okay, all yeah. right. Um, Angels? Nope. It was Silverstein Arrivals Ooh. and Departures. Because yeah, you gotta think that was this supposed year, to be some fire. They're coming off. Uh, okay, so when Broken is easily fixed, sold massively for them. Mm-hmm. Um, discovering the Waterfront sold over thirty thousand copies first week and had huge singles. I was so hyped, but this was their first you know, major disappointment for me as a band. For sure. And both, I think commercially it was a disappointment. It sold only 27,000 copies first week, which was down Mm. from discovering the waterfront. Yeah. I don't think you were alone in feeling, uh, I was so hyped by this record. And, uh, yeah, I felt a little burnt. Are you going to, are you, are you about to go to that 15 year anniversary tour that Sayosin just announced for their first record? Sayosin? Or my bad. Silverstein. I don't. Come on, man. Silverstein, Hawthorne, and As Cities fucking burn. I'm going to lose my mind. It's a good lineup. I've just, I've seen all that shit played so much already. I don't know if I need to to go again. Okay. After 06 was such a huge year for emo, like we talk about, you know, 06 was the commercial peak, right? Black Parade. Mm -hmm. Um, You had this huge, like, mainstream injection of money into emo, which we've seen play out in 07. And it burns bright. And then fizzles out by 08 right. um, when it's officially fucking dead. Like, oh, wait, it's <laughs> no more money. There's no more scene. But it plays out in this interesting way. So Transformers is the biggest movie of 2007, right? Hell yeah, it was. Transformers, the soundtrack is huge. Mm-hmm. And here are some of the bands featured on that soundtrack. Hell yeah. Goo Goo Dolls, The Used, Him, <laughs> Taking Back Sunday, <laughs> Armor for Sleep. Oh, hell yeah. And for the used, Pretty Handsome Awkward is actually used in the film when Hell Bumblebee fights that yes. police car Decepticon. Yep. The you know, that police car in. says, mm-hmm. instead of um, to protect and serve, the car says, like, to conquer and enslave. Yep. Just, yeah, that riff kicks in right when they fight. Mm-hmm. The used are huge. Oh, my God. So fucking massive, man. What a, what a soundtrack. You remember when Lincoln, it was the first uh, new music we had since Minute to Midnight, uh, New Divide? Mm-hmm. That was the first uh, it new was, Lincoln um, Park. You're thinking of, um, new, new Divide was for Revenge of the Fallen. Um, you're thinking of what I've done. Oh, shit. You're, yeah. you're totally right. Yep, that was the second Transformers movie, right? Yeah. Yep. Got you. Got you. That Lincoln Bobby. Park, it worked so well in 07. They had oh, to do my again. goodness. They had to make them write a song for... <laughs> for <laughs> oh, man. The Michael Bay Lincoln Park. 
And jokes. we won't even get into what Lincoln Park did this year. You know, if you right? want, if you want yeah. to, you can go listen to That's our a... uh, che- go listen to our Chester Bennington tribute. For sure, for sure. We dive way deep into Minutes to Midnight if you if you are interested. So, oh yeah, boys like girls blow up with The Great Escape and Hero Heroine and Thunder. Fuck man, I love this album. It's it's a classic. This is a scene classic, hands down. It made it made a. Uh young teenagers feel like the summer was theirs with whoever you were in a relationship with you know like it it, it just made you feel I, I don't know like this record made me feel away in seventh grade absolutely i mean i feel like a hero right yeah so I mean, good oh it, it's dude. such a good record um it went gold five hundred thousand copies mm-hmm. love it Definitely. Definitely one of the biggest moments, you know, of 07 for the scene. Oh, absolutely. It was it was a great escape. Like, dude, how could you not just blast that whenever you're driving oh around God. with your friends or skating in a parking lot? Or, like, that that song made you feel like you could take over the world on those late summer nights, it did. man. It made you feel like you could conquer the world. And I know we've had the debate, like, Chuck, Yes, Juliet, or The Great Escape, like right. you mentioned earlier. I'm kind of like right now. I'm kind of feeling great escape. Great escape. You know, it's like yeah. weird, like right. Like I, like after listening to it's this a record, mood. Yeah, it's a this mood. episode, I was like, man, that record was fucking fire. Like absolutely driving around with my girlfriend. You know, like it was so good. Tyler, you have any other stuff you want to add, or do you want me to intro us out? This was the beginning for me, 2007. Uh, it was a very pivotal time in my life, so mm. I'm very appreciative of everything that went on throughout those years because uh if it wasn't for 2007 and 2008 as crazy as it sounds like i wouldn't be who i am today without those years and that exposure to those bands so shouts shouts to the scene what a ride we did this you know our warped 08 episode retrospective mm-hmm. and i'd say by far that was our fan favorite episode like, i think we've so. gotten the most fans who were like yo that was so awesome that was it tight. Again. so yeah hope you guys you know enjoyed looking back at 07 because it was you know it could be a forgotten year but wow what a fire year it was what a time man. for emo absolutely well that is it for the show this week everyone thank you so much for listening if you have any questions email them to notescene.gmail.com if you enjoy the podcast, please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us those five stars, and we will love you. Peace out.